1: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much for joining in on the Sue Freeze Show. I am so thankful to be with you today. You know, before I came in here, I was at CBRE. uh, It's real estate uh, office. And I was there. I got invited by Stephen, and they had National Hamburger Day. And so I got to have a hamburger. And, you know, I I don't eat hamburgers that often. But, man, was it good. just tasted so good. And I had the lettuce wrap one, so I didn't eat bread. And uh, that was good. So anyway, uh, I met some really interesting people while I was sitting there because you never know who is going to come across your path and, you know, the, the conversations. You know, I'm always open to conversation because everybody has a story and everybody has something to say. And it's just whether we're going to be aware and alert and and be uh, interested in other people and And what's going on in their lives and whatnot. And, you know, it wasn't the setting where we could get really close and personal. But it is something where we all learned a little bit about one another. And, you know, those relationships, who knows where they're going to go. And I hope they go somewhere because it's wonderful to meet new people and to get more intimate, to get more into it. So this morning... I decided to do something different. Yesterday, my daughter spent the night. And when we woke up in the morning, she says, Mom, what are you doing? Put your phone down. What are your affirmations for today? And she's starting to speak my language. I mean, because I'm all about affirmations. I'm all about, you know, what we do with every moment to make, to hold each other each moment captive so that we can be all we can be for God and to just better ourselves every day. And what you do moment by moment, what you do every day, is the outsourcing or the outcome of what your life will p- represent. And I was driving in, and you know, as I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to talk about today? And what came to mind was, as I was stopped at a stop sign, was people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, number one. And the other thing that I have learned is, is that if you were going to ask anyone, it, that you've come in contact with, that you have a relationship with, if you were going to ask them one thing about you that they like, that, one thing that, uh, I don't know, that, that they would remember that is something that has impacted them because of your lifestyle or because of your words or because of your life, maybe even a simple thing like a smile, but what is it they're going to – what are you leaving behind? What are, you, what are they going to remember you for? And I heard and I remember this, and I realize it's true, is that how you make other people feel when you are in their presence is what really matters. So the takeaway for me on that is what are we leaving behind? You know, how do people feel when you're in the room, when you're in a conversation or just sitting there smiling or, or paying attention? You know, what is happening, that dynamic And what is their takeaway of you sitting in that chair? Were you a positive or a negative? And it's not always what we say. It could be what we don't say. It could be our body language, a simple thing like body language, a shrug, an eye, you know, our eyes rolling or our eyes moving in a certain direction. It can be so many things that are going to impact other people. Do yourself a favor and do those that you come in contact with a favor and be conscious of Your body language. Be conscious of what you're thinking because sometimes we wear what we're thinking on our faces and in our body language. And it's really important that we do that. Now, take a step back, okay? Ask yourself this question, are you happy right now with your life? From one to ten, what number would you give it? Then from that question, let's say you said a seven. There are things in your life that you can change, and there's things that you cannot change. And right now, I want to put all the things that you cannot change off the paper, off the record, off your mind right now. And I want you to focus on only what you and the Lord can do. What are some things that would make your seven or your five of if you like your life right now? I really, and God wants you to love your life. He really wants you to, to do the best, be the best. Just have, you know, in Jeremiah nine eleven. you know, what does he say? You know, I have plans for you to prosper. What does that mean exactly? We'll get into that a little more. But truly, that is a very favorite verse for me because I really believe God wants the best for us. And we need to want that for ourselves. And let's not short-circuit that. Let's not put a governor, if you don't know what that is. I have a golf cart. No, I don't golf, but I have a golf cart because I live in a community where golf carts are traveling the way they travel. And uh, I learned about the governor because my my golf cart doesn't go very fast. And I'm like, how do I get this golf cart to go faster? And I learned about this thing called the governor. And the governor is this thing that keeps your speed down. And I don't really enjoy going slow. I like going fast. How about you? There are times to go slow so you can see more in depth of of where you are. But I like to go faster. I like to get there. I do. I know it's about the journey, but I still like to get there. Anyway, so the governor is something that we have too. We have a governor inside our minds. It's not something that's verbally out there. It's something that might be just our own thought processes that hold us back and hold us down from being all that we are to be. And I don't know about you, but God created you for a specific purpose. And whether you believe it or not, he created you for a specific purpose too. So the question is, are you living up to God's purpose in your life? Are you? And how are you going to know if you are? So what is it that we can do differently? I'm not going off my notes right now because the Lord's just leading me right now. What is it that you can do differently Day by day, moment by moment. Let's take a habit right now. Let's say, take one thing that you'd like to change. Mine was biting my fingernails. That was one that was big. Been doing it since I was 10 years old. I'm over 60 now and I am not biting my nails anymore. Eh, only took 50 years, 60 years, whatever. Uh, But you know what? It's never too late. As long as there's breath, there's hope. And that is such a true statement. As long as there's breath, there is hope. Pick one item. Pick one thing within your life One area, whether it's your spiritual, your mental, your physical, your finances. Pick one area of your life that you are not as happy about. Now, let's think about which one's going to bring the biggest return. A lot of times it's finances. I'm just saying. So pick one. Pick an area. All right? Then think about what it is you don't like and what it would look like if you could fix that okay and don't put a governor on your thought process right now don't put a governor there just think about what life could be without all the roadblocks okay don't think about the roadblocks now just th- let's think bigger than we're normally thinking let's th- can we think bigger let's think bigger cuz our god is a big god all right let's just think bigger another thing that I have learned, because people ask me this question, they'll say, Sue, how do you do what you do? How do you accomplish what you accomplish? And, and, and my answer is, I don't know. I take it one day at a time, one bite at a time. I figure out the goal, you know, that, that long, far-out goal, and then I work backwards for what I can do today to get me closer to that goal. And anything else, because believe me, there are distractions beyond distractions that come all the time you know in business world you walk down the hall and you can just almost envision monkeys jumping on your back and they're not your monkeys they're somebody else's monkeys and you have a choice on whether you're going to take on that monkey or you're going to give it to the person that's supposed to take care of it that's a golden nugget for some of you right now pick and choose the vision the visual the goal and make it bigger than you're used to making it okay don't think small think big take the governor off let's go bigger All right, And let's visually see ourselves in that picture. I'm a very visual person. People will try to explain things to me and I'll say, look, I need a picture. I need a picture. That's why advertising and marketing, it's like I have to see it. Don't just talk about it. I have to see it. And I'm one. I don't talk about it until it is because I don't want to have anything go wrong and I don't want people to believe in something and then have it not happen and then they'll say, well, you said. And so I don't say until it is. And so that's just something for me is I wait until things are together, and then I'll say, this is what's going on. And you know what? Things that happen with me, it's not me. It's God through me, and I am not taking credit because it's really not mine to take. My part is to think bigger, to take the governor off, to realize that what you do every moment. I was talking about my daughter yesterday morning when she said, You know, what are you doing? Put your phone down. What are your affirmations for today? And I'm like, I realized for a that I have got out of the habits, the things that I created for myself. I stopped doing them. You know, I have these 10-pound weights in my bedroom. And when I get up in the morning after I pray, I pray before my feet hit the ground. I am thankful. I I tell the Lord and I verbally out loud just express my gratefulness and my thankfulness of being able to have another day, to be thankful for the people that God has put in my life, to be thankful for the position God's put me in and trusted me with and given me the preparation and given me all the things that have led up to this moment, to be thankful for those things. Because without those things, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have the background. I wouldn't have the strength built by falling down and getting back up and realizing that it's okay. That, you know, we all fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. And that's okay. Whew, I'm so glad (laughs) because I so often fall short of the glory of God. And that's okay. God just says, get back up again, Sue. Just get back up and get back on track. And so today, that's the new message is today is your new best. Thank you, Stephen, for that. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. And thank you, San Diegans at KPRZ, Prez for listening. Thank you, Venturians, for listening on the word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. KUHL up in Santa Maria. God bless you, and thank you so much for listening. Listen, I want to hear from each and every one of you, and I know I have a lot of listeners out there. When you're talking on this mic, it's very difficult to know how many people are listening. But with Facebook Live now and some other uh, avenues and people connecting with me by going to Sue Free's, Dot .com sufree spelled like fries oneword.com by going there and letting me know that you're listening, letting me know what is working for you and what y- suggestions you have on how to get better. I really appreciate that constructive criticism. I really do. I welcome it because to be a leader you have to be humble and to be a leader you have to be teachable. And I want to be both of those things. And uh, the humble part is, I, I, you know, I have to pinch myself sometimes and say, "Wow, I can't believe that I'm on the radio." I, you know, I, I do believe because I am. But I mean, it's just amazing. And if you would have asked me ten years ago, because it's nine years now, but if you would have asked me ten years ago, you know, are you gonna have a radio show? I would say, uh, you know, that's not in my radar. I mean, I, I really wasn't considering that. Same thing with being an author and writing two two books. Uh, you know, I never thought of myself as being an author when I was growing up. But see, God does amazing things. And we have to be aware and willing and prepared for whatever's going to come our way. And how we do that is by doing all we can do moment by moment, day by day. Today, I had a conference call with my sales team for Ecola Services. And on that call, I suggested that everybody listen to podcasts podcast on sales podcasts on self betterment on you know spiritual growth just wherever your desire is so have you figured out the area that was a 5 or a 7 that you want to make an 8 or a 9 or even a 10 have you figured that out i gave you a little time to figure that out to think about it if you figured it out what you need to do now is write it down there is something that happens when you write things down it's something that is accountable it's something where you can't just ignore it because it's it's in writing. So I hope you've written it down. And now ask yourself, What things can you do different? For instance, the weights I was talking about is every morning I would get up and do, you know, the thankfulness and I would pray, and then I would get up and I would do my little weight lift. It's like ten minutes, but I would take it and I would just build up my arms, build up my back, build up my shoulders different exercises. And it's not a big deal. It's not where I get really hot and sweaty. It's just where I'm just doing enough to wake up my muscles. And as we get older, my sister, she owns a Pilates studio in Newport Beach called Pilates on Purpose. I love that name. Her name is Darcy. Look her up. And she tells me that as we get older, our muscles are a great engine to press against our bones and help our bones stay strong. Did you know that? Because I didn't. And so as we strengthen and build our muscles, we don't have to become Atlas, you know, you know, the big muscle person, but just to have firmness and strength. Uh, I water skied and I haven't water skied very much and I used to water ski all the time. And it's amazing that I'm even water skiing, but I am water skiing. Thank you, God. It's a miracle with my metal plate and 10 pins in my leg. And uh, I skied and I tell you, I can hardly walk. I am so sore. Because my muscles aren't being used. And these muscles aren't muscles that you use just in everyday life. These are different muscles. And those muscles have been awakened. And man, is it sore. I mean, don't, don't, don't press on my muscles right now because to walk up the stairs or anything. And, and what does that say? Is that we need to be exercising our brain. It is a muscle. We have to exercise. It means we have to put new things. We have to, we have to put new in there. Garbage in, garbage out. What are you listening to? What are you eating? What are you reading? What are you putting in this temple called your body? What is it you're doing? If you want something different to happen, the old saving goes, you have to do something different, right? So what is it in your life, do an assessment, do an inventory, that you want to have change? Then decide, is some of it? possible. And it is. If if there's something you can do to make a difference, then do it. Outline it. Figure out what that is. And it could be the smallest change. Mine was for my nails. Don't put my fingers in my mouth and go get manicures regularly. And you spend money for that, right? You don't want to mess it up. So I look at my nails. Mm, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put in my, na- my mouth. That's the dirtiest habit there is. And I know that. It's just something that I was very difficult for me to break. And I'm just saying. And we all have those, don't we? And so I'm being real right now. And I'm just telling you that it's never too late, and you can make changes now that are going to affect your future. Let's talk about finances for a minute. I have a couple little golden nuggets if you're ready. Credit card debt is the worst. It is the worst. Why? Because they charge you 20 25 28% on your money. It's very difficult to make that money back. It's very difficult to get out of credit card debt. So don't get in there if you can help it. It's like for me, for food. It's like if I don't put it in, then I don't have to work it off. Moment on the lips, left lifetime on the hips. That's what I tell myself. So I just don't put it in because I know that I would have a difficult time taking it off. I just know. I'm, I, it's not easy for me. So I'd rather just not put it in. Delayed gratification? Maybe. Do I really need that whole dessert or could I just have one bite? Would that suffice? Yes. One bite of dessert. Perfect. You know, what time do you eat dinner? If you eat at 8 o'clock and you go to bed at 9 o'clock, not the best thing to do with your body. It's better to eat early, have some time to work it off, and then go to bed. And drink lots of water. I mean, these are simple things that you can do. Little changes you can make. Half a glass of water before you eat a meal. Simple. Simple changes. Eat more vegetables. Less carbs. Less starch. Less bread. No bread. I talked about the hamburger without a bun. See? Simple things. Simple choices we make that make a big, big difference. But it's the things we do every day that affect the future. So credit card debt, don't do it. Cut up your credit cards if you need to. If you can't not do it, if you don't have money in the bank to pay the bill, don't spend it. And live below your means. You don't have to spend everything. What's the matter? I, You know, I still have checks. so I must have money. I still have checks in my checkbook. Okay, a lot of you don't use checks anymore. I get that. Just understand that you don't need to spend everything you got. And you know what? Uh, put $25 away, every single paycheck, and then deal with it. You know, do that first and then deal with what you have. Have $25 I have some opportunities now that are so amazing, and if you want to know more about that, just get in contact with me. Sue Free spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Get in touch with me, and we can talk. I would like to to share with you some things that I'm learning even right now, even at my age, uh, uh, better ways of earning money, better ways of holding on to money. It's just amazing what I'm learning, and it's exciting. And then, you know, uh, products that you use, where you frequent. All these things can make a difference, okay? So I'm just telling you all that because I care and the Lord cares about you. And I want you to not have a governor on your brain. I want you to think bigger. I want you to be more. You know, it's not about, you know, you are all it. It's not that. But I think about, you know, because I'm thinking negativity right now on people, they might be listening or talking about what I'm saying right now, and they're saying, oh, she's all about, you know, the power of yourself, you know, and and no, it's not that, is that the Lord wants us to prosper. And he wants us to use the fruit of our labor for his good, right? And it's much easier to give money to the starving people if you have money to give to the starving people. If you have a house, an extra house or 10 houses that have rooms that you can get the homeless people off the street, wouldn't that be nice? But if you're struggling because you have credit card debt, you really can't put yourself out there to do that much. You still can help, even if it means carrying a bag of groceries across the street for an elderly lady. Simple thing like that or giving a person a ride to church. Simple things. But what I'm saying is if you have more finances, money can help. There's nothing wrong with having money. It's the love of money is the root of all evil, not having money. Having money is a good thing, but some people think it's not. It is. Don't put a governor on your income. Don't put a governor on your thought processes on what you can do or accomplish. We do this to ourselves. I've done it to myself. I have, and I'm, getting a, I'm breaking through that. Right now, in Jesus' name, I'm breaking through my my mindset of, uh, you know, having enough. And it's not about me having enough. It's about me generating enough to help more people. It's all in our minds. It's our belief system. Can you change your belief system about yourself? Here's another thing you can do. Go to Sue Free spelled like fries, one word, dot com, and you can go there, and there is free I ams. What is that, Sue? The I ams are three pages of who God says you are. And if you haven't done this yet, and you have been listening to me for a while, it's time you actually go on my website. It's time that you download these three pages, and it is time for you to start reading them and transform your mind. It's time. So do it, would you? I've come on the radio and i said, you know, um, I know in my mind that I'm victorious because Jesus says the battle's been fought and the battle's been won. And he says that we are victorious in Jesus' name. But sometimes we're going through such struggles. Me too. I own a business. I have things going on in my life too. And I tell myself I'm victorious. And I have to believe that even though I'm fighting a battle right now. But I know the battle is won. I still have to fight it. I still have to fight and and get the information and be um, as smart as I can be and as discerning as I can be and get the right people on the bus with me to fight whatever it is I'm fighting. I still have the responsibility and obligation to do that for everybody that depends on me. But I know God says victory is mine. And I know that I'm a conqueror because he says that. And same goes for you. Are you going through something right now? Are you? That's okay. Laugh at the devil out loud. Do that, and you will find there's peace in that. So we will be back right after this brief break, and during that time, write down what you have discovered inside your mind, okay? Bugs have one instinct, survival, and the coolness of your home draws them in, unless E. coli guard your home. Hi, this is Sue Fries, the termite lady, owner of E. coli termite and pest control services. And yes, this is her son, Tyson. This hot weather is driving bugs and perhaps rodents yuck, into your home, but we can drive them back out our family-friendly pest control method, eliminates insects and rodents without causing harm to your family and pets. And right now, we're offering a free pestiment to keep the bugs where they belong, outside and far away from your home. Just call us at 877-332-BUGS. We know how to find pests and end their survival. Call us today for a free pestament. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Bugs hate that we make our service so effective. Call 877-332-BUGS. E. Powerful termite and pest control. As, as gentle, gentle as, as a, a butterfly. butterfly.
0: me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood. And you use it as part of your termite control services?
2: They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control.
0: Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. termite pest control services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS. Or termitelady.com. E. Ecola, Powerful termite and pest control.
1: As gentle as a butterfly. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. If you'd like to be a sponsor on this show, we would love to hear from you. And all you need to do is contact me. Go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go there, connect with me, tell me what it is you're thinking about, what you're wanting, and I will help you any way I can. I've been advertising for a long, long, long long time and I've learned a lot in that time so I would like to help you because somebody helped me along the way and it's my turn to pay it forward and give back and uh, you know we have uh, the station is syndicated it goes up and down the state of California so if you're a business owner and you're in San Diego that's fine you have customers in San Diego and so we can advertise your company in just San Diego it's doable we can do it and uh, the cost to do so is a lot less than if you go on the regular station and charge – and they don't mind me saying this and doing this because what it does is it gives you a chance to test it out. Test the waters, okay? And when it works for you, then you're going to want to do more. And and I'm happy to do that with you, okay? So just let me know and I'll help you out with that, Okay. So that being said, thank you so much, E.C.O.L.A. Termite Pest Management Services. Listen, I just want to tell you that if you know anybody that's looking for a new career, E.C.O.L.A. needs you, wants you, if you have a great attitude and a clean driving record. We have offices in San Diego, Orange County, San Bernardino Riverside area. It's in Fontana, Inland Empire. Um, Mission Hills in the Valley. I said Anaheim. Um, Oxnard, and then up in Santa Maria. And so if you know anybody in those areas that you think could be a fit it gets very hot in the attic and uh, you know it's it's kind of an athletic job so you have to be athletic a little bit because you got to get in the attic and in the sub area and it's sometimes tight spaces Uh, but we would love to hear from you you can connect with me by going to termitelady.com and I would love to talk with you and interview you and hopefully it's a good fit we will get you licensed we will help you uh, every way we can but I want it to be a career for you And it's an amazing career. It really is. I have people that have been with me a long, long time, like 30 years. Imagine that. And, uh, you know, I would like to talk with you. So if you know anybody or if it's you, you know, don't hesitate, okay? Why not now? That's another thing is that we need to do things now. Don't think too much. Just do it, okay? So what is God's purpose for your life? And how do you find it? This is by, not by me, it's by Mike Ward, and it's uh, something he wrote January 17th of 2017. 17 being my favorite number. I thought this would be really good, okay? Waking up feeling purposeless is incredibly frustrating. Some of you can relate. Some of you, you've got it together right now. You look around and you see your friends and coworkers living passionate, engaged, meaningful lives. I know everybody wants that, right? They have deep relationships, rewarding jobs, and a sense of direction that compels them to hop out of bed each morning with a spring in their step. If that's not you, you can make this happen. I guarantee you, you can. You know that God has something good in store for you. You know that. You don't believe he intends you to live a life of painful drudgery in which each day is a total drag. After all, the Bible is chock full of passages about joy. While this certainly doesn't mean that every single day is a parade and circus, it does mean that an overall sense of gladness should permeate your life. Psalm 63, 7, David said, For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. How can you get to that place where, instead of wandering aimlessly through life, you're actually singing for joy or just making a joyful noise if you're not the singing type? In this post, we're going to first talk about some key signs that you may not be living in the fullness of God's purpose for you. Then we'll give some key suggestions for how to begin living a meaningful, enthusiastic, joyful life. I'm going to talk kind of fast. Hope you can keep up, okay? Six signs that you may not be living in God's purpose. Before we dive into this point, we need to make at least one caveat. In one sense, you are always living in God's purpose. God is God. And he works all things, including your life, according to his purposes. Nothing can happen without God ordaining it. Psalm 57 2 says, I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. This is key in understanding God's purpose for your life. God has numbered your days and will fulfill every purpose he has for you. However, our choices and actions also really matter. In some ways, this is a mystery we can't fully understand, but that doesn't mean it's not true. We can choose to do things that will bring us more joy and give us more of a sense of purpose. That's where we're headed in this post. We want to help you identify those choices you can make to bring more excitement and God-given purpose into your life. Hmm. Okay, you're blatantly living in sin. This is six signs that you don't have much purpose in your life. Are you blatantly living in sin? Let's start with the obvious here. If you're blatantly disobeying the Bible, you're not living in God's purpose, and you will certainly experience a sense of aimlessness in your life. This one is pretty straightforward, so we don't need to spend too much time here. It is pretty straightforward, isn't it? You lack joy and excitement. Is that you? That's a pretty good indicator that something's not right, right? If you don't have the joy of the Lord, that's your strength, and you don't have excitement— If you wake up every day filled with apathy or dread or total boredom, you're probably not doing what you were meant to do. God has created you uniquely, has really good things planned for you, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, Galatians 5.22. Sure, there will be difficult things you encounter that require patience and persistence, but overall, you should have a sense of joy and excitement that fills your days, your work, and your relationships. I just have to say that since I realized that I got out of my normal habits, that today is the new day for me. It's a new beginning for me because I'm getting back into what was working for me and I feel really good today. And I think everyone that I came in contact with this morning has felt a difference in me. It's that easy. It's a light switch. It's a decision we make, a belief system that we make. And it's amazing how it happens. But we can focus on the negative or we can focus on the positive. And being thankful about all things and being grateful is the start of being positive. Think about all the things or one thing even that you're thankful for and hold on to that because there's some people in this world that don't have that one thing. Seriously. We have so much to be thankful for. We so do. Are you? Are you thinking about those things? If you go about your days experiencing little fulfillment, you may be wandering from your God-given purpose. Fulfillment comes from doing rewarding meaningful purposeful things, from a job that taps into your skills and passions, from a relationship that involves giving and receiving, from hobbies that are invigorating instead of mind-numbing. Yes, you'll have to do certain things that are boring and unfulfilling, but if your entire life is gray, you probably need a change. You work so that you don't have to work. Hmm. You know the feeling of pointless work. You go to the office, clock in, do your job, then go home and collapse in front of the TV. You work for the weekends and for retirement. All true joy you experience comes from things outside of work, from hobbies or friends or side jobs. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Would you say that this kind of joy characterizes your life and work? If not, you may need to rethink where you're headed. You feel stuck? If you desperately want to change but also feel totally stuck in your life, that's almost certainly a sign that you're not walking according to God's purpose. Are you stuck right now? Those who are stuck want to go in a particular direction but don't know how to get there. So then spin their wheels feeling endlessly frustrated but unsure of how to make the frustration end. Do you feel trapped? You have no direction. Is this you? If you don't know God's purpose for your life, you constantly feel a sense of aimlessness. You feel as though you're wandering from thing to thing without any forward progress. Nothing excites you and you don't have any specific goals you're working toward unlike the Israelites who wandered for 40 years yet still had a goal, the promised land, you don't even have a goal in front of you. So that's the negative, okay? Those are things that describing what could be right now. So now, here's the good part. You ready? Six ways to regain your purpose. Go to God in prayer. Again, let's start with the obvious. If you feel purposeless, ask God to give you wisdom and direction. James 1, 5 states, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Okay, write that down, James 1.5. That's a really good verse. I'm going to have to memorize that one. I don't have it memorized yet. That's incredibly good news. God wants to give you a purpose. He wants to bestow divine wisdom on you. It's not like God is holding out on you to make you miserable. He desires you to have a joyful, ambitious, purposeful life. Ask God for purpose and expect him to give it to you. Expect him to give it to you. Dig into God's word. Love this one. The primary way God speaks to us is through the Bible. This means that one of the, the first things you should do in your search for God's purpose is to start digging into scripture. Now, you won't find any verses that tell you to become a dance instructor or painter, but you will begin to understand the heart of God. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Oh, that reminds me of a song called As the Deer Panteth for the Water. That song is so awesome. Uh, God's word brings light to paths that otherwise seem dark. In the Bible, you learn how to live wisely in God's world, which is the first step toward finding your purpose. Do you want to walk and live wisely? Determine your gifts and strengths. I've talked about this before. I have other shows on this. And it's so important. In fact, I think three weeks ago I had a, a podcast on that. And God has given you very specific gifts and strengths. Maybe you are a math whiz or a wise counselor. Maybe you have a mind for electronics or business. Maybe you're great organizing people and getting things done. God's purpose for you probably involves the things you're already good at. I would bet that's true. You just need to define what those are. You're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA. And thank you, Cheyenne. My producer over here is reminding me to reset so you guys know who you're talking to or who you're listening to. And uh, yeah, so Sue Free Show. And please tell people about this show and let them go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. What is one thing you're particularly passionate about? Really, this can be anything. Business, art, economics, alleviating poverty, whatever. If money wasn't an issue... What would you love to do? That's a really good question, by the way. Think bigger. If money was no option, no issue, it, was, it wasn't a problem at all. All the money in the world. What is it that you'd want to do? Good question. Determining your passion often helps you figure out what God has called you to do. It's often said that God works at the intersection of our gifts and our passions. Hmm, I like that. Where do your gifts meet your passions? That may be God's purpose for you. There's so much in this show right now. I hope you're grasping it. And if you have to listen more than once, go to iHeart, go wherever you need to go, get to so and you can listen to the podcast at your leisure. Bring others into your life. Proverbs 11:14 says, where there is no guidance, people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. In other words, one of the main ways God will help you find your purpose is through others. A caveat needs to be made here. Your counselors should be people you trust. Whether this is your professor, parent, friend, it needs to be people who have your back and want the best for you. Not everybody does. Newsflash. You want wise counselors to help you find God's purpose for you. Take a solitude retreat. Sometimes it can be incredibly helpful to get away from it all and take some unhurried time to think, pray, and journal. You don't have to spend a week in the woods for this to be effective. Even just a day away from the hustle and grind can be hugely rewarding. Highly recommend that. During these retreats, allow yourself to simply be still, to ponder, to ask God for direction, and listen for His voice. This doesn't need to be complicated and doesn't require any elaborate rituals. Hebrews 11.6 is a reminder that God always rewards those who seek Him. He's not hiding in the dark trying to keep his will hidden from you. He wants to guide you. He's there for you. He never sleeps. Isn't that nice? In the end, trust God. Trying to discover your life purpose can be a stressful, overwhelming thing. It can seem like such a big, confusing, frustrating subject. You want to move forward, but you're not sure how. You want to find your purpose, but you feel like you're aimlessly wandering. But you can trust God to lead you where he wants you to go. Psalm twenty-three, two, three 3 says, He leads me besides to water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. You may feel confused, but God isn't confused <laughs> because that's what I need to say. To be a good steward, you have to recognize your relationship to things that you have. When you think of possessions you have as your own and that no one will dictate to you how to handle them or use them, then you are not being a good steward. The proper relationship to things is to understand that everything belongs to God and that you have been given them to manage on God's behalf. We're talking about money here, all right? We're talking about money. Here are seven tips for Christians who want to have better understanding of stewardship and how to handle money. Tithe to the Lord. There are different thoughts about how the tithes should be given or used today. However, it is clear that we are to have an attitude that what we own comes from the Lord and to give a portion back to him is a recognition of the fact. Whether you ascribe to storehouse tithing or to a strict 10% or you're giving according to the way God has blessed you, we should give cheerfully and thankfully. Everything we have is because the Lord has blessed us with it. Out of obedience and love, we ought to be willing to give back to him with confidence that he will take care of our needs. Don't get into debt. Proverbs twenty-two seven: the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. The Bible does not forbid debt. However, it teaches very strongly that it is unwise to get into debt. Living within our means is spending what we make and can afford. It seems completely unchristian and unethical to spend money that we don't own. However, we are guilty of doing it all the time. When we put something on credit or borrow money to buy something, then we are not living within our means. Unfortunately, it seems normal to today's culture to live for today while presuming upon the future. Certainly, it is not wrong to plan for the future, but James 4.13.16 tells us that we should plan based on God's will with the understanding that our life is short and that we cannot control what will come tomorrow. Living constantly in debt is a presumption upon money we are not guaranteed to have. Get out of debt as quickly as possible. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-one. He wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Proverbs 22, 7 says that he who borrows from another comes the servant to the lender. How can you hope to serve God and do whatever he asks of you? If you are Beholden to a bank for the next six years or indefinitely. You are not free to serve God as he wishes if you have an obligation to another master. Yet not paying this other master would be wrong. If you are in debt, then you should work as quickly as you can to get out of debt by paying it off. Manage God's possessions, Colossians 1, 16, 7. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Did you know that God owns everything? You and I are simply stewards of what God has granted into our possession. As stewards, we should be faithful to God and manage what he has entrusted to us. The parable, this is so good, the parable of the master who left various possessions to his servants is a great illustration of our relationship to the Lord and the things he entrusts to us. In the story, the master rewarded the servants money wisely. The one who did not was punished. How are you using what God has entrusted to you? You need to accept your current position. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Hebrews thirteen five. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, "Never will I leave you; never will I forsake you." I get stuck when um, I hear the word "to be content," because some people think that being content it means settling; it means just living with, doing without. And not putting their best forward, and this is Sufri's talking right now. And I think the Holy Spirit—I I mean, I believe that that He would want me to say this—is that there is a difference between being complacent and being content. And the difference for me—I had to really define this for myself—is complacency means you have, you know, you are just where you are at, and that's good enough, and you don't you don't strive for better, you don't strive for more, and. um Being content means that you're happy with where you are, but you're still striving for better and more. And there's a difference in complacency versus contentment, and I hope you see the difference in those two. Where are you in that? You know, where are you? Are you just fine with where you are? Or do you strive for better? Are you striving for excellence? And if not for yourself, how about for the Lord? I, I know this is an ouch for some of you, And I'm not sorry, because I think some of us need to get off the couch, put the bag of potato chips away, and start thinking about how we can do more and be more, because God's wanting you to do more, and you will feel better about yourself when you get off the couch and put the potato chips away. Just saying. A sign of Christian maturity is to be content with the things you have. Always wanting more displays a lack of trust in the Lord. Okay I'm a little bit i i I differ just a little bit there. That does not mean that it is wrong to work harder to better your position and condition in life, but it should not be what drives you. Your drive and passion should be squarely placed in the knowledge that God is in control and that He will care for your needs and Yes, that is true too, but he has he has put gifts in you, He has put talents in you, and for me, if I am just i i am I know God has me, and I know God. Uh, has a direction and a plan for me i just want to do my part and that doesn't win me a place in heaven because it's not by works that we go to heaven it's through grace okay we don't have to work our way into heaven and that's not my drive but i do believe that you know we we should be striving for more if it's not for you how about the homeless person that you see on the street You know, if you don't have enough money to pay off your credit card debt, do you have enough money to give them money for a hamburger on the corner? It's those types of things I'm talking about. And that's the difference, okay? Don't buy unless you need the item. If it is not a need, then why buy? Don't buy unless you can afford the item. That means that you don't go into debt to buy it. Don't buy unless you have planned to buy it. No impulse spending. Don't buy unless the price is at or less than the price you had planned to pay. Don't buy unless you were not manipulated to buy the item. Don't let someone convince you that you need something without taking time to consider it for yourself. Involve your spouse. It is so difficult to control money and spending if you are not both in agreement to how money should be used in your family and marriage. Whew, boy, is that not the truth. As is often the case, opposites attract. Many times there is a saver and a spender in a marriage. This can cause great strain in a relationship unless you go to God in prayer asking for wisdom on how to proceed with your finances as a Christian couple. Allow God to guide you. This may mean that you need to seek godly counsel from your pastor or other mature couple in your church. I hope you see that everything you have comes from and belongs to God. You and I are simply stewards of what he has entrusted to our care. That may be money or items, whatever it is. Submit it to the Lord and ask for his wisdom in handling these things. Boy, this is a good show, and I'm, I'm really thankful that I got to share this show with you. And I just want you to share this with other people and go to sufree, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. I just want to share a scripture before we go off for the day. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew six thirty three. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs>